Okay, so we're just going to hop right to it. These are four content marketing myths that are holding your business back. Um, Not too long ago, I was listening to the Girl Next Door podcast and they were chatting about all things social media and one of the hosts, Kelsey, was talking about how she doesn't follow any brands, how they just always have her feeling like there's just something that she needs when she doesn't really. And she kind of ended this comment by saying, and that's what brands really want. That's why they want you to follow, right? So you'll buy something. And as a marketer and a business owner, that comment really hit home um, because every piece of best practice marketing advice seems to tell business owners that we need to be creating valuable content in order to make sales. But it seems like they're always leaving out or never taking into account that what might add value to our bottom line may not feel valuable to our target audiences. So this week I'm going to be busting four content marketing myths that are floating around out there. And if you feel like you're spinning your wheels when you're creating content, chances are you're buying into a lot of advice that just simply isn't true. So we're going full on marketing myth busters and you're going to walk away from this post with a more clear picture of a content strategy that more effectively serves your audience and your business goals. Um, and If you want a little guide, I created this quickie, like 36 question checklist that you can use to filter your entire content strategy through so you can become a more effective content marketer. If you want that, you can just download it um, on the blog where you found this audio file. So myth number one, better engagement equals more sales. Before I really knew what copywriting was, I was slinging captions as a social media manager. And almost every project started out with a comment that went something like, I had a lot of growth at the beginning, but now I feel like I've hit a wall. I'm not getting the views, the sales, the subscribers, the followers that I used to get. There's just too much competition out there. And new studies show that Only 45% of marketers are successfully building subscribed audiences with their content. So comments like those do make sense. Um, And there's a reason that so many content creators have kind of coined the phrase screaming into the void because content creation can feel a lot like screaming into the void. And logic and all of those Pinterest experts you found tell you that the best way to overcome a void is to fill it. But before you even know what's happening, you or your team, you're under all this pressure to be creating constantly, hoping that if you build it, show everyone a super clear map to it, and then never stop talking about it, they will come. And that might work to get attention, to get engagement, to get more likes, to get more followers, all of those things. But isn't going to keep it. Um, The most effective content is helpful in and of itself. It can stand alone. It means something. It gets attention, but it also means something to people who are already loyal followers of you. Effective content primes your audience to buy, and it offers real value to those who never do. It educates, it informs, it entertains. 
Because yes, there is a lot of competition out there, but only two thirds of that competition is actually writing content based on audience needs. So as much content noise as there is, there's still a huge information gap that your audience is waiting for you to fill. So the takeaway from this, it's time to maybe take a step back from fiddling around with optimal posting times and obsessing over likes, clicks, comments, whatever. Those things have their place, but they're not the main focus of a content strategy because content creation isn't just about sales. It's about relationship. Your messaging will keep attention when you throw out all the salesy jargon and adjust to fill the information gap. So when in doubt or whenever I'm feeling stuck, I like to filter my content through these five questions. The first one being, what questions do they ask on this subject? And if you're short on FAQs or you just don't really know what people are wanting to know, just pop the topic into a Google search and you'll find plenty of questions people have on that topic. Usually, (laughs) usually. Um, Question number two, what is the problem I am solving? So how can I zero in on one specific question or problem and how am I going to use my perspective to solve it? Not how am I going to use my product? How am I going to use my service? How am I going to use my email list to solve it? Which those things are great too and that might be part of it. But I like to take it and look at it first is how am I using my perspective to solve it? And then how does this prime my audience to buy? Because that is kind of part of the content strategy. It may not be the main focus of a content strategy, but we need to know how providing this information fits into the overall business strategy for the quarter, for the year, for the month, however it is that you plan your business strategy. And then how does this help non-buyers? So what value are am I, are you, are we giving away? How are we making this content worth my time as an authority builder and their time as a reader? And finally, is it fun? Because I don't care how good the information is. If it's boring, no one is going to read it. So answer those five questions and you'll be golden. Myth number two is that you'll connect with your audience best when you write from the heart. Yeah, just write from the heart is an actual piece of advice I saw given in a Facebook group when a member asked how to write for better conversions. And I get where that advice giver was coming from. Like people relate best to other people, but efforts at humanness kind of take a wrong turn when we start to believe that our heartfelt desire to help others through our product or service is the only thing our audience needs to see from us to be moved to purchase. It's not our intentions that drive them, it's their own. Dale Carnegie said, when you're dealing with people, remember, you're not dealing with people of logic, but of emotion. People buy for all sorts of emotional reasons. They buy to feel loved, to avoid pain, to be healthier, to increase status, to save time, to be recognized. And at the center of every one of those emotions is themselves. My favorite 
ever, productivity and budget guru Jordan Page nailed it this week with an Instagram post she did about kind of giving away her um, courses for free for the entire month of May. And yeah, she did sprinkle in some of her own emotions there, but she really made the meat of that post um, showing me what's in it for me. And not just like it's free, obviously that's in it for me, but she really just dove deep and looked at what, how this would benefit me, which if we're being honest, if I'm reading that, that's all I really care about. So yes, write like a human, write with emotion, with heart, whatever you want to call it, but make sure that 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 emotion centers around your reader and not yourself. Myth number three, I must be pointing to my offer all the time if I want to make sales. There is this belief out there with business owners that I hear all the time. I have to share as often or as many places as possible in order to make sales. A quick story. Back when I first started as a social media manager, I had a client who was sharing blog posts to like 50 Facebook groups. It was more, I think, more than 50 Facebook groups a week. And with every viewer fluctuation, there was always more and more pressure to share more often to more groups. And every share came with mixed responses because it is the internet (laughs) and not everybody is going to like or respond to what you have to say. But for as many people who were ambivalent to what I was sharing, there was just as many people who would voice their feelings and say that they felt like they were being used for clicks. And there were very, very few who actually became loyal followers. And so the moral of that is that no one, not even your most ideal, perfect for your offer customer, likes to be sold or pitched to. Like I was saying earlier, content all types is about more than just sales. It's about relationship. If you can turn off your sales voice and show people how to get what they really want, they will be primed to act when it is time for you to sell. A great rule of thumb here is to only use one out of every four or so social media posts to sell. Um, my friend Ashley Becker of Sailor Designs strikes this balance really well. Um, and I see so many businesses use their platforms to focus only on sales. And I don't know about you, but even if you sell my ride or die favorite product in the world, if it is all you ever talk about, I'm going to tune you out. And that's why they invented the mute function, right? <laughs> so value-based content is helpful to the person reading even if they never buy. And that doesn't mean you should never create sales-focused content because you got to make money. (laughs) But there should be other parts of your funnel, like sales pages and emails, that go a little more full force, while content needs to always be helpful or at least interesting to read, even to your non-buying audience. So your takeaway tip here is sell like you want to be sold to. So now that we have a few myths busted, um, I kind of want to help you take that more clear picture of the kind of content that you should be putting out 
and assemble it in a way that is actually going to benefit you as a business owner because that is still the main point. It's great to give things away for free, but you are running a business here. And so Eugene Schwartz, a very famous copywriter, said that copy is not written. Copy is assembled. And like building a bridge or an Ikea bookshelf, (laughs) once you get all of the correct pieces together, your content works best when it's assembled in a specific order. And that's where good copy formulas come in. Um, Copy formulas are designed to give order to your message and the order matters. Um, And these formulas, they come from the best of the best in copywriting. These are tried and true. They're used by most professional copywriters and they've been proven to work. So I have a full list over on the blog, but for here, I just want to share my My personal favorite, the one that is easiest to remember, if you want to see more, head over to the blog and check them out. Pick a few that you like, test to see what works, and then just ditch what doesn't. But my favorite, easiest to remember, is simply called the four Ps. This one cuts the fluff. It gets right to the point. Um, So P number one, picture. Build up desire by painting a picture. This is where you tap into that emotion into that biggest need um, and just make sure that you're leading with their biggest want and emotion and not your own. Then promise, make a promise. Tell me what is in this for me. Prove, show me how others have trusted you to do this and it worked. And finally, push. This is your call to action. Get me to take action and commit to you right now. And this formula works so well. It is so, you can make it long over a multi-part email funnel. You can make it short. It is quick to write. It's great in captions. It's great for ad copy. It works for blog posts. Um, and it's super easy to remember. You really can't lose with that one. And then finally, I wanted to bust like a bonus myth. And this is the idea that results from content marketing are abstract, so they don't need to be tracked. And I mean, it's true that pitting things like engagement and performance against return on investment feels a little bit like comparing apples to oranges, but both are really important markers to be keeping track of. And in fact, marketers or also known as small business owners, CEOs, boss ladies, just people like me and you who document and closely track their content strategy tend to have more success than those who don't. Um, So depending on your goals, one um, performance indicator might be more relevant than the other for a certain period of time. Like if you're just trying to build an audience, setting engagement and performance goals might be best for you. But if you already have a solid audience and you're launching a product, um, then sales are your goal and you need to be focusing most on return on investment. And yeah, your content strategy needs to be bringing you results in both areas, no matter what you're focusing on. But when it comes to getting the most out of your strategy for the quarter, just choose one or quarter, year, however you like to set your goals, just choose one. Um, Set those goals and then find 
the best way for you to track your results. Um, the Content Marketing Institute has a really great little freebie you can download if you need help with this. And in closing, just if you're anything like me, it can be really easy to just find that conventional wisdom and popular advice add to the confusion and anxiety when it comes to business strategy. So I really hope that busting these content myths has helped give you more freedom and clarity so that you can start creating content that actually works for you and your audience and your goals. And if you are feeling more clear, I want you to stop right now and any content ideas that came to you, go write them down. You will not remember them. Trust me, I know. Go write them down and then you can head over to the blog and um, download that list of 36 questions your content must answer. And these questions are designed to help take the stress and confusion out of creating content. Um, They are going to give you confidence that every piece of information you put out is as helpful and effective as it can be. And I will chat with you guys next time.